0: Pastor Saxton Odom here, so thankful that you have decided to join in to Wine on the Church of God's podcast today. We pray that this sermon blesses you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. God bless you today is our prayer as you listen. Amen. You want to grab your Bibles today and turn with me to the New Testament book of Romans, Right after Act, the book of Acts, we're going to continue today what I began last week and what we're going to be covering every morning, Sunday morning in August. Um, we're going to continue talking about the power of the gospel. Everybody say the power of the gospel. And today I'm going to talk to you about rescue. Last week we talked about the problem and how all of us, have a problem and it is the problem of sin and that the closer we recognize that we have a problem with sin the closer we are to understanding how amazing grace God how amazing God's grace really is in and of our lives and how just because we're saved it does not mean that our struggle with sin is over but that our struggle with sin will continue until the day that we leave this mortal body and that we put on incorruptibility as Paul said and enjoy the wonders of a sin-free world. Hallelujah. Won't that be wonderful? Amen. Won't it be wonderful there? As the old song said, having no burdens to bear, Sister Myrtle, having no sin to struggle with, having no devil to tempt us, heaven is going to be a wonderful place. And thanks to, God, thanks to God that Jesus Christ made the way for us to go to heaven. And that's what I'm going to be talking to us today about in Rescue. Romans chapter 5, 1 through 11. If you're able today, will you stand for the reading of the Word of God this morning? It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God and not only that but we also glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us for when we were still without Strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's good news, amen. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath to come through Him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we now have received the reconciliation. And I want to focus on verse number eight today that says, but God, everybody say, but God, demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died us. Let's pray together today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to open the Word of God and, Lord, to read the Word, to read the words on these pages. And, Lord, they're more than just words on a page. They're words written on our very heart, God. You said that the covenant in your blood would be upon the hearts of men. And, Lord, this covenant today that I'm preaching about and teaching about is written upon the hearts of the men and women, boys and girls that are in this room. Lord, we pray for your Spirit to company, the preaching of the word of God today Lord anoint me to preach and proclaim your word anoint our people and your people Lord to see and discern and hear what thus saith the Lord into our lives and we thank you for that in Jesus name and everybody said amen you can be seated today last week I told you that Romans chapter 1 16 was the center verse of the whole book of Romans. It was the crux of the whole book. Everything else was built upon Romans 1 and 16 which says, For I am not ashamed of the power of the gospel for it is the power of God to salvation to all that believes, to the Jew and to the Gentile. That's good news for us today because guess what? I'm looking across the building and I don't see too many people that look like jews in here today amen most of us are not of jewish blood and jewish heritage and jewish lineage but we are of the gentile uh category in the word of god we are those not born of jewish heritage but jesus did not just come to save the house of israel hallelujah he came to save gentiles as well and i'm thankful because i'm counted among the mix of gentiles that jesus came to save We talked about how that led into Romans 18 through really the rest of the chapter on into chapter 3 on the problem of our sin and how we all struggle with sin. And today I'm going to talk to you about the rescue from sin, how we are rescued from the sin that we struggled with. This is the focus of the gospel, the word rescue, and specifically verse number 8, that God demonstrates His own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Today I'm going to be using the analogy of a drowning victim, and as horrible as drowning is, I think that it really applies to the stage of recognizing rescue in our lives when it comes to sin. Drowning is a horrible thing to think about, that someone uh, drowns and passes away, it's horrible to think about that, you know, you can't breathe and all of these other things, but they are stages of rescue to drowning, and I'm going to talk to you to them today in regards to sin and rescue. The first stage of rescue is to understand that I'm drowning. Everybody say, I'm drowning. No one ever chooses to drown. No one ever says, I'm going to go swimming and I'm going to drown today. That would be horrible to continue to choose to swim, though that knowing that that thing that you're swimming in might end up taking life from you. And so someone who uh, swims gets out into the water, wherever the body of water may be, and instantly the water that they enter into holds the element of surprise. They think that they're able to swim, but then they get out into whatever uh, capability they're in and and however uh, strength they are in swimming or not. Not swimming, They get out into the water and the next thing they know is that they're having trouble navigating the water. Now I want you to understand today, the water that I'm talking about is the waters of sin, the sea of sin. Everybody say sin the sea of sin. All of us in our lives will venture out into the sea of sin. And once we get out into the sea of sin, we begin to realize that we're not able in and of ourselves to navigate this waters and to swim as well as we thought we were. And to do things, do life as well and take sin and the consequences that sin produces as well as we thought we were because water which is also what I'm talking about today in sin, holds the element of surprise. The next thing you know, you're there in a vertical position, hands flailing, gasping for breath, bobbing up, bobbing in, bobbing up, bobbing down, and you're drowning. This is the reality of what sin does to an individual's life. We think that we're able to navigate the waters of our sin on our own, and that we're efficient swimmers in the world called life and that we can bear it and that we can undergo it and that we can survive it but what ends up happening is when we get into the sea of sin we realize that we're drowning. We realize that life and the things of life the, the world and the things of the world the devil and the things of his dark kingdom will end up drowning us and there we become vertical position Hands flailing, gasping for breath, will somebody help me? And the world in which we live today is crying out for help, though they do not know it. They are drowning in the sea of their own sin, crying out for help, but they don't understand that the things that they're committing, the things that they're uh, continually walking in and enduring continues to drown them. The, the sins of this age, the sins of this world, the sin of man it's a sea that is escapable on our own and we've got to understand that you don't just drown by falling into water you drown by staying in water you don't just drown by falling into sin you drown by staying in sin You don't just drown by coming in and coming out and never having any trouble, but you drown by continually abiding in the thing that you know at the end of it all is going to produce death for you. And so online, I looked up some preventative strategies to drowning. What are some preventative strategies to drowning? Well, number one, the preventative strategy for drowning, the number one strategy if you're worried you're going to drown is avoid water. If you're you're worried you're going to die at the hands of sin, the number one strategy is to avoid sin. Avoid going into that position where you cannot get yourself out. Number two is calculate the risk. Don't misjudge the danger that water holds. Now, I consider myself to be an okay swimmer. I'm kind of lazy when it comes to swimming. I don't always swim like a... Man does, right? With hand over your uh, head. And sometimes I still doggy paddle. Y'all don't laugh. Y'all do it too. Sometimes I still doggy paddle. But I, I consider myself to be a pretty efficient swimmer. I can swim underwater. I can hold my breath for a good amount of time. But there's still a risk that we must calculate whenever we begin to swim. Specifically, in an uncontained body of water. Now, in in contained bodies of water, such as a swimming pool or something like that, it's a little bit easier to navigate your way and swim. But when you go to the ocean that is uncontained, It is much harder because there's a lot of unseen, hidden factors in the ocean that we do not take into our mind, such as the current and the riptide. And you know that sin is uncontained. Sin is not contained in our lives. And there are a lot of things that, Brother Chris, we don't think about when it comes to sin. There are underlying factors just as the riptide will pull you out if you think you can navigate in the sea of sin something unseen and hidden will snatch your feet out from under you. And the next thing you know, though you're a great swimmer, you're under the water, not able to come up for air. So we must calculate the risk of, in this instance, instance of the analogy of water, of also sin. Don't misjudge the danger of playing and living in sin. Then thirdly, there is a warning that is normally affixed. There's a warning. Uh, places of pools or public areas. There's a warning at lakes about swimming. There's a warning at the beach. The flags are there to help to tell you whether it's okay to swim or not. And so we see a warning and just as it is in the world with warnings to swim, we have a warning as well, hallelujah, on sin. And it's God's Word for you and me. It's called the Bible. He's given us 66 books to warn us of what will happen if we try to navigate the sea of sin in our own power. Then there's the absence of adequate supervision. And then lastly, the inability to save ourselves. And sin, just like water, takes us under. Can I tell you, it will every time. Sin will drown you and it will drown me and it will drown anyone who tries to navigate its waters, sin will end up drowning us and taking the life from us. As the, as the old time preachers used to say, and I'm sure you can quote it as well, is that sin will what? Sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. It'll cost you more than you were ever willing to pay because you think that you can navigate the sea of sin that is before you, but it get, you get you it. In there and it keeps you longer it costs you more it takes you further out and i don't know who said this but one person said no drowning man can know which drop of water his last breath did stop no drown- drowning man can know which drop of water His last breath did stop. In other words, while you're drowning, you don't know what breath is going to be your last one and what gulp of water is going to be the last one that you take in. While we're drowning in sin, we don't know what what, what sin is going to be the last one that affects our lives and ends up taking us out. Now this is the reality for all of us because Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned. Everybody say all. We've all tried our hand at navigating the sea of sin. We were all born into this nature. We were all born into this way of life. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Drowning is our natural state. Isn't that horrible? Drowning is our natural state, and unfortunately, it is still the state of some. But today, I did not come to you with a message of condemnation. Today, I came to you with a message of exaltation, of exalting our rescuer, whose name is Jesus Christ. And He could rescue yesterday, He can rescue today, and He'll be able to rescue tomorrow any and every drowning victim that has tried their hand at navigating the sea. Sea of sin and cannot get out. Jesus, come on, give him a hand clap of praise today. <clears throat> Jesus is able to rescue. Everybody say, He's my rescuer. Hallelujah. So the first stage of rescue is understand you're drowning. All of us are or were drowning. Secondly. Is to understand that there is rescue. Hallelujah. Verses 6 through 11 tell us about it. It says, For when we were still without strength. In other words, when we were unable with the strength in our own bodies, as I said a while ago, to navigate the sea of sin and the sea of life, when we did not have any strength any longer, we were drowning in our sin. In that moment in time, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Hallelujah. That's good news all by itself. Amen. That Jesus Christ died not for the godly, but He died for the ungodly. He goes on to say, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die in other words, sometimes very few and far between for a righteous man someone might die, but also for a good man someone would dare to even die. but God did not look at our goodness, He did not look at our righteousness. He was consumed and concerned with the sea of sin we were trying to navigate and the Bible tells you and I that while we were drowning in our sin, Christ died for us, while we were bad, why while we were unugly, while we were unwholesome, while we were wicked, while we were full of unrighteousness and evil deeds, Jesus Christ died for you and for me. Hallelujah. Can we give Him a hand clap of praise today that the love He showed was so great. God demonstrated His own love. He didn't just talk about it. He demonstrated it by sending His Son Jesus to die in our place. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. You know, sometimes Jesus demonstrates His love by delay. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes Jesus demonstrates His love by delay. What are you talking about? Well, several times in Scripture, when the people thought He He should come then... He didn't show up one specific time most of us will know about is Lazarus. When the people thought that he should come then and save Lazarus he didn't show up, he delayed his coming for four days and then he came in and saved the day, brought Lazarus back to life. But there were several instances where Jesus did not come when people thought that he's coming and it's because Jesus knows in delaying himself and his ability that we'll get to the end of ourselves, our inability to continue to do what We're doing, we'll realize I can't do this anymore by myself. I can't undergo these sins anymore by myself. And then at the right and precise moment, the rescuer will step in, hallelujah, and he'll pull us out of the sea of sin. Jesus demonstrates his love sometimes in letting us get to the place of no return. While we were drowning, we should not have been drowning. But while we were drowning, whenever He shouldn't have let us drown, He extends His hand. But even more so than that, God, you see, does not just throw a life preserver to a drowning person. He goes to the bottom of the sea, and He pulls a corpse up from the bottom of the sea, takes him or her to the bank, and breathes the new breath of life into them again and makes them alive. You see, sometimes God will let you drown. Sometimes He'll let you drown in the sea of your sin, but He won't let you stay on the bottom. He won't let you stay dead. Hallelujah. What will He do? He'll go way down there to the bottom of that sea of sin. He'll take you by the hand... And He'll bring you to shore. And then He'll perform Holy Ghost CPR. He'll give you resuscitation. Because He's been to the bottom of the sea already. He never sinned, but He went into the sea of our sin, Brother Chris. He didn't have to. But He went to the sea of our sin and willingly drowned, willingly, lifelessly went to the bottom. In fact, the Bible says He went into the bottom pits of the earth, the lowermost parts of the earth. He literally went as low as you can go for you and me. But the good news is that He did not stay lifeless on the bottom of the sea, hallelujah. Sin did not get Him. It did not overcome Him. Death could not have Him. The grave could not he- keep Him and he. Hell could not hold him, hallelujah. And so the Bible tells us that whenever he went down to the sea, he came up on the third day again with life and the ability to give life to any and all who would call on the name of the Lord. Jesus has been to the bottom of the sea before, and it's nothing for him to go back to the bottom and to get soul after soul after soul after soul. No soul is too far gone, hallelujah. Nobody is too sin ridden. Nobody is too sinful. But He'll go down to the bottom of the sea of sin. He'll drag you out to your lifeless corpses there on the shore. And He'll begin to resuscitate you with His own blood, with His own power, and with His own life. He rescues us. Hallelujah. Can we give Him a hand clap of praise today that we've been rescued from the sea of sin. He rescues us from that place and makes us alive. A new life in Christ. The second stage of rescue is rescue itself. The third stage is being rescued to righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Here is where a large portion of the rescuees stop at. Specifically, in the sin nature. Here's where a large portion of rescuees will not go any further. We just rest the rest of our lives being thankful that we're rescued. Well, praise God, we're all rescued. But what were we rescued from and what were we rescued for, Brother Rodney? We were rescued from death for life and so the bible says here in romans verses chapter 5 verses 6 through 11 that we were rescued for righteousness jesus demonstrated his love but now there's a purpose in him doing so verses 1 and 2 tell us therefore having been justified everybody say justified what does that word simply mean i'm sure you've heard this and i'll say it again it means justified is just if if I had never sinned, Jesus makes us as though we had never drowned in the first place. That it never looks like the stench of the sea of sin is on our lives. Having been justified by faith, we now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace hallelujah by which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Remember last week I told you about Romans chapter 1:18 that says for the wrath everybody say the wrath the wrath of God is revealed on man. God reveals His wrath because Romans 3.23 says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But brother Stanley, whenever God saves us through His Son Jesus Christ from the sea of sin, when He rescues us from the sea of sin, now we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I want this to sink into your mind. We fell short before of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. But now, because of Jesus, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We fell short before, but after rescue, now whenever I consider the glory of God that once to me was a subject of condemnation, once to me was the subject of ill repute, because I could not meet that glory, because I could not get up to that glory, because I couldn't meet the standard. Now, because of my rescuer, I don't shun the idea of the glory of God. I don't turn from it. But I rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Because Jesus has rescued me and He's rescued you from the sea of our sin. God has exchanged the sea of sin for the sea of grace. He's exchanged the sea of failure for the sea of forgetfulness. Forgetting how we sinned against Him, forgetting the wrath He had imputed against us. And now remembering only the rescue that Jesus Christ has performed to us. We are rescued for righteousness. We're rescued to live righteously with peace in Jesus Christ. To stand in grace. To rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. But verse 3 says not only that, we're also able now to glory in tribulations. We're able to glory in trials. We're able to glory in battles. Knowing that tribulation produces in us perseverance, and perseverance gives us character, and character gives us hope. This is the pursuit of righteousness, which is what if the Lord will allow me to. I'll talk about next Sunday through tribulation and terror and trial and pain and disappointment and setbacks of life, we continue to pursue the righteousness of Jesus Christ, our Rescuer in us, and He is made alive and He is made new, and we are refined with every battle that we go through. We have been rescued to be righteous. Not to be like the world. Not to run back into the sea of sin again. I never in my mind think Jesus says, well, I'm going to rescue them again only for them to go back and drown again. That's not His plan. His plan is to rescue us for us to stay rescued. But the good news is that if we go back into the sea of sin, He'll rescue us again. And again. And again. And again. Because there's no limit To His forgiveness, hallelujah. Because there's no limit to the grace of God. So we're rescued for righteousness. And then lastly, we are rescued to rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. Contrary to popular opinion, Christians should not be the most grumpiest people in the world. (laughs) Notice I said contrary to popular opinion. We've been rescued to rejoice. But we're some of the time the most complaining, the most bitter. Well, y'all ain't saying nothing right now. We were shouting about rescue a while ago. We're sometimes the most complaining, the most bitter, the most jealous, the most envious people and we're Christians. But... He did not rescue us for retribution against the world that caused us to sin. He rescued us to rejoice in His continuing ability to rescue time and time again, not just us, but whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Scripture tells us that we should not be Lazy in giving an account for what Christ has done in us. We should not hold our lips back. We should not hold our praise back for the rescuer of our souls. But we should be ready to give testimony to how He rescued us from the pit of sin, from the sea of sin. And if He did it for me, He can do it for you too. Hallelujah. And if He did it for you, He can do it for them. We are called to rejoice in our rescuer. We should lift up hope holy hands without pulling, without So the preacher saying, come on y'all, clap hands to the Lord. Come on folks, worship the Lord. We should be ready to rejoice in the Lord because of what He's done for us. We should be ready to rejoice. Yeah, come on, rejoice in Him this morning. Because He has rescued us. This goes back to remembering what we're rescued from. We're rescued from the problem. We're rescued from sin. But we're not just rescued from something, we're rescued for something. Understand that the new life in Jesus Christ is more than just being saved and going to heaven. Apostle Paul says here in Romans chapter 5 that if we rejoice in having life through His death, how much more should we rejoice in having life now that He is what? Alive. In other words, we rejoice because He died for us, Brother Roger, because He paid the price. He took our sin on Him so that we could be sinless and forgiven of our sins. That's cause for rejoicing in and of itself. But the fact that He is alive today is more the reason, hallelujah, for me and for you to rejoice because not just did He die so I could be saved, but He lives so that I can live, hallelujah. He lives forevermore to give me abundant life in every and any situation. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. It's swallowed up in perfect love. Because I know, I know, I know He holds the future. Life is worth living because He lives. So if you're having struggles... Maybe your family's going through some situations. Maybe you yourself are. And life is just beating you up, friend. You can have a cause to rejoice today because Jesus is alive. That's reason to rejoice. Sister Laverne, will you come to the piano? Will you stand on your feet with me? Everybody say, Rescue. He has rescued us from the pit and the sea of sin, rescued us to new life, justified us in His sight, given us hope in the glory of God, rescued us for righteousness, and rescued to rejoice. This morning, if you're here today and you've never received the rescue of Christ, you're still drowning in the sea of your sin. You feel like you're bobbing up, bobbing in, coming up for gasps of breath. You don't know when, the one, when one will be your last. Friend, can I tell you, you don't have to drown in sin today. You can call on Jesus, and He'll rescue you. Dead in your trespasses and sin, though you may be, He'll pull you out from the grave and give you new life in Him a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. And if you need rescue today, the rescuer is here. It's not an earthly lifeguard. It's our heavenly one. His name is Jesus Christ. If you are rescued, if you're among the redeemed today, then friend, you're, you're supposed to live for righteousness. And you're rescued to rejoice. Rejoice. To rejoice in the Lord, your salvation. To rejoice in His power to redeem. To rejoice in His strength to carry you through whatever trial. So I'm going to pray today, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you need to be saved today, there's a rescuer here to save you from your sin, to save you from yourself, to save you from hell. And He wants to do that today. I'm going to pray for that prayer. Father, I thank You, Lord, for this opportunity to preach Your Word. God, what a simple yet powerful message it is that we are rescued by You from sin. Lord, I pray today in Jesus' mighty name, if there be any watching through live stream, listening on podcast, or in this room today that are not saved, Lord, Lord, that You would draw their hearts and show them Your goodness. Show them Your ability to rescue them from sin. That they're not too far gone. That it's not too ugly. That they don't have to continue to drown. You're extending a lifeline today. And we pray that they'd grab hold to it and accept You as their Savior. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Pastor, preacher, today I'm drowning in my sin and I need to be saved. Will you slip that hand up? I'm drowning in my sin today. The sea of sin is wide. It's uncontained. I can't see a way out. I need a rescue. Hallelujah. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you stream podcasts to experience other sermons, watch us live, donate, and more visit us on facebook.com forward slash Winona C-O-G. Thank you for listening to the Winona Church of God podcast.